Welcome to the Breast Cancer Podcast. I'm breast surgeon, Dr. Deepahala Harvey. And I'm Monica Brooks, a breast cancer advocate. And we are both breast breast cancer cancer survivors. survivors. We're here to talk about all things breast cancer. From surgery to survivorship, we know firsthand the challenges a breast cancer diagnosis can bring. We're here to tackle topics that impact our lives. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Uh, We are very excited today. We have uh, Pastor Jennifer Jackson with us here today. She has her own podcast, and uh, she does a lot of things serving the community and serving the women of Columbus, Ohio. I'm a big fan of her, and so welcome, Jennifer. I'm a big fan of you as well, Dr. (laughs) Carla Harvey and Monica. Uh, You know, it is such a privilege. It's an honor to be here. I can't believe we're here. What, two years past diagnosis and surgery and and all of that. But yes, I, I work mainly with women yes I have a a radio show called simply for women so I have a real that's my biggest heart is for women and uh, I serve in the local church in the community lots of community outreach we do all sorts of things from you know helping make meals to providing clothing and you know those practical things I do I do teach and I have an orphanage in Kenya, so that's been my big project yeah, for wow. 10 years. Who, who in the world could ever say those words? Like, that's amazing yeah, to hear someone that say is, that. It's it so yeah. much fun. It's a dream come true this April. I'm taking 21, uh, uh, mostly women, on a trip to open the orphanage. Yeah. So I have lots of things here and there and yon wow, <laughs> going that's on. Wow, so awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited to meet you as well because Dr. Hala Harvey has said so many wonderful mm-hmm. things about you. She was on your podcast she as was. a guest. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. when I first heard about you but you'd also mentioned that you're about two years out from surgery you'd mentioned that earlier to us is that about right that's correct February of 21 I had a double mastectomy and then following that I had chemo and immunotherapy for a a little over a year okay Mm -hmm. and you're here to talk about joy like how to find joy because you know it's hard when you get that diagnosis you go through treatment you're really in survival mode like what's the next thing I have to do to live and sometimes that can suck the joy out of our lives and it can leave us in a state of how do I manage my feelings? How do I get through this? What are things that are in my control as well? And Dr. Hala Harvey, when she talked about you, she's like, Jennifer would be the perfect person to come share some inspiration with our audience. And so maybe just, we could start talking about some practical things that survivors can do to help get them through, whether it's cancer or any other time. So this is really, it could apply to anybody. Let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, joy doesn't mean there isn't pain. And I I do want to talk about that as well. So it doesn't mean that there's a lack of suffering, but I think the gift in all of this to me was I, I actually sat down and really thought about, well, what does bring me joy? How can I keep that going? And actually wrote a book, Simply Joy, (laughs) Rain Mm -hmm. or Shine, (laughs) because we're all going to face hard things. All of us have different levels of suffering and, and difficulty. And we want to maintain that joy because once you start down a rabbit hole of depression or darkness, it, it's a long climb out. Yeah. And so it's better to to maintain a life of joy. And, yeah. uh, you know, I thought about this famous verse in the Bible, and this is, I guess, the pastor and me coming out. <laughs> but um, Psalm 23, you've probably heard it at a funeral or something, but it's really for the living. It's for now. And David says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in meadow grass and leads me beside quiet streams. He gives me new strength and he helps me do what honors him the most. And even though walking through the valley, dark valley of death, I will not be afraid because you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. And I think about that. God is with you. 
God is with us and he loves us even in the difficult times. And that's one of the ways uh, that we can gain joy is knowing that we aren't alone mm-hmm. and we're never alone and that we have him with us. And I've, as a pastor's wife and as a woman's pastor, I've literally been on hundreds, maybe thousands of hospital visits and yeah. home visits and sat with people in these dark places. And I know that uh, we have to find joy on those journeys. And it says in Nehemiah eight ten that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's what I found. And I found different ways to express that joy and to, to grab hold and not let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's joy is so important, but a lot of changes happen through a diagnosis. Like even relationships change, like you learn a lot. And I always say this is, I received so much clarity through cancer with some of the people that were closest to me. And, and I, I would get discouraged also though, like, man, I really thought this person was going to show up Mm-hmm. And they didn't, yeah. and it hurts. But, like, how can I still maintain that joy in those types of ways? Mm. I still have people that to this day haven't ever made a call or a card, and I thought they would at least acknowledge something. Wow. But yeah. maybe some people don't know, yeah. and they don't know how. Yeah. I, had to, I had to look at the loved ones that I had, and I had to be the one to say, I'm going to love them. I'm going to text them. I'm going to hug oh, wow. them. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to... who. I actually made a list. I'm a big list maker, but I wrote out a list yeah. of who are the ones that I love in my oh, life. Wow. And some of them, I've sent them multiple texts. And, and if I don't get a, one in return, that's okay. Because I love them and I go toward them. Is there come a point though where you stop texting them after sure. a while? Okay. Yeah. Some you have to let go. You know, I yeah. think you have to let go of the toxicity, toxic yeah. people in your life. Yeah. It is not a time for negativity, right. Yeah. right? especially when you're going through cancer, you, you just can't. And yeah. so I've let go of some yeah. and, and there's others, you know, you have people that they try to dictate to you how you should do this or yeah. that, or tell you what it should look like. And I had to let some of those go as well. Yeah. yeah. Part of life in the fishbowl as a pastor, as everyone is watching you and they all Aww. want to put their input into how you should be living your life. And mm, I had wow. to get create a team. And on that team were my sister and my parents and my husband. And then I had some friends on my team, doctors on my team, and mm-hmm. I get to pick the team. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. helpful. And that was something yeah. I realized afterward. Like I needed a core team, my yeah. ride or die. I hate to say the word die, but like the ones yeah. that are going to be there unconditionally. Yes. And everything outside of that was just a bonus. Once mm-hmm. I realized that, like, so that I'm not setting up expectations for this person, you know, said they were going to be there and they were, well, they weren't on my list. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can let that go. That's and, right. And now I have a little bit of more clarity mm-hmm. into where I spend my energy. Because I was giving, 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 giving. And then it came time I had cancer. I'm like, where, where are they? Yeah. And I had to just let go mm-hmm. and realize they're, they're not, they're not my ride or die. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was, yeah. mm-hmm. but I still was so supported. Like I didn't need their support necessarily. Yeah. I wanted it, but mm-hmm. I had everything I already needed it's to good. get through that. And yeah. new friends as well. Totally. I learned to make, yeah. it, it's a new opportunity to yeah. gather some new people in your yeah. life, to reach out to different group of people. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. I always think though on the same note where in my life I felt that too where I was always there for this person and going above and beyond and I'm a very affectionate person so I feel like sometimes I expect the same thing back from people but not everyone can give back the same way. But what I have noticed in my own situation is the people that I thought would show up didn't show up but then it's almost like God sent different people in my life uh-huh. that showed up at the time that I needed yeah. them. You to got be. what you needed. In, yeah. In reality, we right. just didn't get it from who yeah. we thought we, we exactly. were. And that's okay. Yeah. It's almost like the, the golden rule. Yeah. 
you just didn't get it from where you thought, but you still had everything you needed yeah. in that moment. And I think that's great. A great way to look at things as yeah. well, to find that, to find that joy. Yeah. It is a season to take a personal inventory time. Mm. And I, I kind of an audit of all your people. Wow. <laughs> and I did that and I forgive quickly as fast as I can. And, and as, even yeah. as those thoughts come up to my mind, that person wasn't there, that person didn't send flowers or that person, you know, I could have died and maybe they would have shown up at the funeral and said, Oh, that was so sad. And then, Hey, where are we going for lunch? <laughs> and yeah. I, I really, I, you think about those yeah. things, those things yeah. you, but because you think yeah. about those things, you can let those uh, people go, bless them in your heart, yeah. bless them yeah. in your mind, and then say, you know, God, who do you have? Who do you have for my life? And, and fill those empty spaces with the people that are there yeah. for you. It's wonderful. Yeah. And it is so surprising. Sometimes people you never think would be there for you will be yeah, there for you. Right? Yeah. yeah, it is really surprising. Mm-hmm. I think the people's true character does come out too mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell my husband, who are the people we can call in the middle of the night if something were to yes. happen? And uh, it was funny, like, I had like four or five people. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all we have. And I think it's important to think through those things yes. as, you know, who will pick up the phone at 2, 2 a.m. if, you know, you have a heart attack or I have a heart attack mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, it does make you think about those things that you did not think before, the cancer mm-hmm. diagnosis. And grace for some people that they're, they don't know what they just to don't say. Know. And it doesn't mean they're not in your people. Yeah. They yeah. just honestly yeah. are either they're so upset or they're hurting themselves yeah. and they don't know. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you or care mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. on the, on my own YouTube channel, I did this little short video, but I realized that every survivor, maybe it's every person needs um, patience, forgiveness, and grace mm. for other people and yourselves. Because people That's are cool. going to say the wrong mm. thing. Oh, yeah. They have good intentions, <laughs> but it comes off the wrong way. Yeah. I've done that. And I've learned so much on how to support people through my own cancer diagnosis. Like, I probably did those things to people and said ignorant things, but... It's like I have to be patient with myself, allow myself grace and forgive myself and also other people. Like they yes. just don't know. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we just need to be patient with them and in their own time, hopefully they will evolve to that point of like, oh, now I know how to show up for someone. Mm-hmm. Now I know what support looks like. Yeah. So yeah. so I think also there's joy in a relational God that you have God as one of your top relationships. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm supposed to say that as a pastor, but <laughs> it's very important and he's available to you. I always say that God invites us to take him off our to-do list and to simply be, just to simply be with him. Mm-hmm. He's very relational and he wants to be with you. It's not a, a checkbox thing that I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's that God is with you yeah. and he offers so many benefits. Yeah. Uh, he he is a healer. He is a miracle worker. He is available. He's faithful and good and kind and sometimes we just don't understand him mm-hmm. and we're mad at him and we have questions for him and he can handle that. Yeah. He's a good good father and it's okay. So we can talk to him mm-hmm. and tell him all of those things because it's almost like food poisoning if we hold in yeah. the negative emotions that we feel uh, against God. It, it, it's like food. Po- yeah. yeah. So it's best to get it out and to talk to him just to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, prayer is simply talking to God. Yeah. And if we can be honest with God and say, I'm, I'm really upset about this and everything that happened and, and just talk it through with him, you'll find yeah. a great uh, new level of peace. I, I think that's a, a yeah. good thing. Jennifer, let me ask you this. Do you ever worry about the past or the future? Like, so, oh my gosh, I should have done this better. Or I didn't do this. I wasn't a good mom. I didn't show up for my daughter's games or, you know, I'm worried about future will I have a job like Mm. 
those are the things I think sometimes take up our energy. Do you think having God as your focus that keeps you in the present? Like, do you feel that way? I love talking to him about that. I think, uh, you know, you should go back over your past with the Lord. And if there's something that you did feel that you was a failure, tell him. I, I just wish this would have been better, but I can't change it. Yeah. You know, I love talking to him about all my past failures, which are many. <laughs> and and then in the future, say, God, I don't I don't want to get ahead of you or behind you. I want your direction. I want your guidance. Walk me through this. Yeah. And there's a peace in that. And, and, you know, with breast cancer, the big thing you do have to face is what if I did die? And I know that's a question a lot of people don't mm-hmm. even want to think about. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to think about that question and i it's normal to wrestle that Mm -hmm. down yeah and wrestle that down with the lord is a beautiful thing yeah i do think uh, oftentimes obviously we talked about this earlier is when you get told that you have breast cancer or any kind of cancer for that matter you lose control you i mean but the funny thing about control is we never had control to start with right (laughs) it's a fallacy we think we have control Mm -hmm. over everything we can control our kids you know what they become how they grow up and what they do and our lives and things like that we never had control and in my daily life as a surgeon i'm you know perfectionist i need things to go perfectly it's not acceptable not to, you know, and, but as a human, I'm end of the day, I'm still a human being. So it's, it's hard for me to let go of that control, but I think it's good for me to then, you know, tell my God that I can do what I can do and I can control those things and things that I can't control. It's you for you to help me with that. And so that has helped me. And I, even when I talk to my kids, I'd say that there are things you can control. So give it to God. And there are things you can control. You can work hard to get straight A's, you know, don't watch too much TV. Or don't right. go with your friends, you know, things, those are things you can control, but give your 100% and then let, you know, God help you. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and he is our strength, isn't he? And joy is, a strength yeah and so i always say that joy can even come through suffering the hard can cause a focus toward good mm-hmm. tell me in, more let's talk more that's not, i need to hear this so let's talk more about that <laughs> well we can't deny that it's real that there's decisions to be made that there's pain that you're taking tylenol you're you know whatever mm-hmm. you know you can't deny yeah. that i had surgery this week you know mm-hmm. um but so i can choose lemonade but some days I ate raw lemons without sugar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds pretty this awful. Is, this is the reality. Yeah. Um, but when we are desperate, um, I think that God can move in a greater way. And when we cry out to him that he answers, he's, he's a comforter. I, I even read through the book of Job, and I think that's a great I love homework the book assignment. Of Job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, to dream a little bit um, in the middle of suffering is good to say, okay, how do I want to spend my time? Mm-hmm. How do I, what, what, what is going to get my energy? You know, maybe I only have limited energy this week because I've had surgery, I'm in a treatment, I've had chemo, I've had whatever, but what's going to get priority? And so for me, that was actually motivating. Mm-hmm. And there was a pinpoint focus to say, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And sometimes suffering can actually focus your life Mm -hmm. to the right things. I think about a woman that I met when I lived in Israel. Her name was Hilwa. She was blind and she had a house of hope for orphaned special needs children. And by the time I met her, she was in her 90s and she would take inspirational magazines for women that were positive and she would translate them into braille Mm. and those magazines were sent all throughout the middle east to offer hope to women oh wow (laughs) and i mean you think of someone that was blind but she did all of that and so sometimes in suffering it focuses you 
What are you going to do? What is your calling? What is your purpose? What is your plan? What does matter most? Mm. What do you not want to do? What is negative to get rid of? How how do you not want to waste your time anymore? And so for me, that part of it has been refreshing. I I wanted to write a book. I wanted to do a podcast. I wanted, you know, I had a list of things. I wanted to finish the orphanage. I had been working on the orphanage for 10 years. And I said, no, this year it will be finished. (laughs) Do you think your cancer played a role in that? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think, in the and you know, those are like blessings of cancer. You know, it's it's like an oxymoron, right? Like, I think Monica brings this up sometimes. Like, I think somewhere I said cancer was a gift to me, or maybe oh, you said that. No, or, you did. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did. I did. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> right. I feel like a yeah. gift right yeah. now. Yeah. But it might be. Yeah. But I think you you. So that, that may be hard for people to hear right now, but yeah. it depends on where you're at. What bit from your diagnosis. Exactly, yeah. because you have to be in the right place yeah. to hear and accept that. Sure. Because as you're going through it, no way this is a gift. Yeah. And it, you, you're hurting and you're in pain and you're bald or you're going through surgery. Yeah. But you have the choice mm-hmm. on how you want to view things as you yeah. evolve through the diagnosis. Yeah. And you're right. You had said it was a gift. It, doesn't, it didn't ever sound right. right. I was like, what? She is crazy and she's yeah. my surgeon. But yeah. then it's like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the gifts of cancer, not that cancer is a gift. I don't yeah. want to say that, but yeah. the good things right. that come from it and, yeah. and the passions that are reignited yeah. and the nudges that you needed to get these things done and yeah. to really live your life. And yeah. make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah. So, I think one thing I have I've noticed, like for all three of us sitting here, I think it's common is we have this deep desire to make a difference in this world before we're dead and gone. I mean, one thing that's given is we're not going to be here forever, right? So that's a given. But I think what cancer does is there is a definite time that you're not going to be here. And we don't know when that is for mm-hmm. any of us. Mm-hmm. But we, every minute that we live, I think it, it like you want to be purposeful you want to live with an intention and you're you know you're fini- you're finishing up an <laughs> orphanage and making sure it's ready for you know people to you for people to serve people and you just made this you know this is going to happen now and i think you just have more of an urgency to do those t- type of things mm-hmm. as yes. a result of the diagnosis it's really mm-hmm. tough to explain but you know i think that's true for many of us who have gone through this diagnosis. So I think that you can also find in a suffering place joy in the tiny little things. It might be a popsicle on the way home. Mm. It might be, you know, I get to watch the British baking show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, that sounds simple, but yeah. there are some small things that I learned to find joy in that I would have thought were were not important or a waste of, I mean, my bird feeder outside my window. I enjoy that. I mean, I enjoy, um, just hugging my husband. I enjoy some smaller things that I took for granted Mm -hmm. in the past. And so maybe your goals right now are very limited. So when I, when we got home from chemo, we would watch the British baking show. And then this year, as I'm feeling better, I did a lemon raspberry cake for my daughter-in-law for her birthday, just for fun. So that's a tiny goal. Yeah, but you can have and, and maybe your gifts are different or your creativity is different. Yeah. You want to paint, you want to, you I, I don't know, read yeah. a book that you've you know. I was watching All Creatures Great and Small, yeah. you know, because it's clean, it's fun. It was animals mm-hmm. and and you can see scenery of England. Yeah, and, you know, what is something that would be life giving to yeah. you? Right, right. You know, there's joy in creation. Yeah, maybe it's time to get a puppy while yeah. you're going through treatment. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say to keep your eyes open. 
because there are so many things that we yeah. would have just taken for granted, for granted. like the popsicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but now it's like you have an appreciation for all of these things yes. or yeah. the birds out the window. It's just you have to be intentional about that, though. Yeah. Totally. Otherwise, you're just going to sink back into who you were before cancer and, and just taking things for granted without realizing it. Yeah. So I think that's a really great point mm-hmm. to to just enjoy those small things. That are really actually big things. They are. <laughs> Intentionally yeah. enjoy those. Absolutely. Yeah. So I also joy in serving God yeah. and serving others. You might think, well, this is not a time for serving, but I had to choose to not become internal, mm. to not self-implode because Focus it is, on others. feel like it's all about you at the moment. Yeah. And you have to say, no, it's not all about me. And I am going to still, you know, as fiercely as I fought to live. That's the, the intensity that I want to serve God and others. Yeah. That same fight that you mm-hmm. have in you to to fight through this and to push through this, I, I want to give that away to others. And I think that brings joy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can get in your stuck in your head, yeah. stuck in your body, stuck in yeah. these these decisions. Um, yeah, there is no greater privilege than service. I think you know, I through my journey to um, one of my biggest passions is serving, serving the community, serving my patients, serving my my family and sometimes we forget our own family Mm -hmm. we are supposed to serve them too and um i make it a priority to do those things and it does bring me such a joy i know i can go buy million purses or million shoes my husband will tell you i have a million (laughs) shoes but (laughs) but it really quite doesn't bring me as much joy as serving people you know and so uh, and I was telling Monica earlier today, you, you're this wonderful pastor who has great sermons. You're such women-centered, mm-hmm. serving women, orphanages in Africa. So what what is in the future for Jennifer Jackson, Pastor <laughs> Jennifer Jackson? <laughs> oh, I just love people. Yeah. <laughs> I love being with people. I love yeah. especially inspiring women, encouraging them, hugging them, praying with them, letting them know that there's hope, that God is with them, that he's real, he cares, he sees you, he sees your pain. Yeah. He, he has a hope and a future for you. And I think joy is, is such a small word, but such a big thing. Such then, a big thing. Yeah, but like what are just some simple practical ways we can find joy? I mean, you mentioned those things of just enjoying the things in front of you and not taking them for granted. What are some other practical ways that we can just fill our lives with joy, do you feel? Well, I think that you can spend time with God. <laughs> and I know that may sound simple, but if you will talk to God, that brings me great joy because there's so many decisions to be made. There's so much pressure. There's always uh, a, a concern about this or that. And when you talk it through with God, he has the greatest wisdom and he has the greatest joy. So for me, prayer is number one. It, it really does change, you know, change your life. But I think that going outside, being in nature, mm-hmm. taking a walk, choosing to hug those necks of the cute kids and, mm-hmm. and the people in your life, that's important. The physical touch is so important. Yeah, look at who you are. What do you enjoy? What? How, how are you designed and what brings... You can mm-hmm. literally feel if something is bringing you life or sucking that energy mm-hmm. away from you. Mm-hmm. And, and God made you that way. You know, I I like to read a magazine about house decorating. Somebody else might not. But for me, taking just 10 minutes to do that, that was fun. That was good, clean fun for me. So what what fits you? You're important. You matter. Mm. Your your life, every detail is covered. And do some things that you just actually enjoy Mm -hmm. doing. Maybe 
maybe you're struggled with sleep because of breast cancer, but you could say, I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to use my diffuser. I'm going to read that magazine. I'm going to do a sleep app. I'm going to make this, take a bath, make this a fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. I know that sounds simple. No, those big small things are big things. But what I hear is you need to take action. Like you, and that's what I, I talk a lot of, or think a lot about thriving. Like we hear the word thriver after breast cancer, but you can't simply coast along in survivorship and expect it to be like, I'm doing better. Yeah. You have to be willing to take that action mm-hmm. mentally, physically, yeah. in a tangible way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you have to be willing to do the work yeah. to find the joy. Um, whether if, like you mentioned that was, if that was praying, that yeah. takes work. I mean, not a lot of work, yeah. right. But it's yeah. like, it, it's an intentional thing you're doing. So from what I hear, it sounds like Yes, you can be joyful during after diagnosis, but but you have to be willing to put the work in and, and recognizing that. Yeah. Yes, I put together scripture cards so it's easy just to read those when you're kind of not feeling really great. But I think also to say no to the lies that come to your mind mm. because that's a gift to yourself. You you just get bombarded with lies of fear and anxiety mm. and and that pain. You know all those things and just to say no, no, I will not entertain this i'm not going to nurture and and nurse all these negative thoughts like I'm fear say no right like right. fear is one that comes up so the yeah. more you think about it the more you're giving that attention and power over you and you yeah. say no to that like no i'm not gonna i'm mm-hmm. not gonna think about this yeah and don't do it do you also feel like having gone through this diagnosis and surgeries and complications and all those things. Now you have developed this muscle of resilience. Like I can get through this. I can get through anything. Do you feel that sense of confidence, both of you guys? I think it. I think you do. I yeah. think you do feel some yeah. strength. And I was. Yeah. They were putting an IV in me uh, recently, and the girl said, "Oh man, I, I couldn't find your vein, and that's gonna hurt." And I thought, "Oh no, no, yeah. that doesn't hurt." Yeah. I mean, for me, because yeah. you've been through other pain. Yeah. That yeah, maybe it hurts a little. Yeah. But not that much. Yeah. And so yeah, you're stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about the different situations I've been in throughout my life and the traumas that we experience. And yes, it makes you stronger. Yeah. Same thing. Like they couldn't find a vein in the hospital <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. It's not yeah, a big deal. I'm apologizing. I'm like, no, really it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I have yeah. been through worse. Right. And it just keeps things in perspective It does yeah. about who you were, who you are now. And, and those little things, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't matter yeah. as much. So how about you? Do you feel like you're I, I definitely, I, I definitely think I've developed the muscle of resilience. The one thing I have super advantage of uh, being a breast surgeon is I see my patients, I know their stories, and I know how each person bounces back with their diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Every person is different in the stage and what type of treatments they go on. But since Jennifer is here, I would have to tell a story without crying, hopefully. But um, <laughs> so she had her surgery, breast surgery, and then uh, she needed chemotherapy. So I had to place an, uh, a port, infuse a port. Essentially, you had one of those yes. two for chemotherapy. So whenever you any type of procedure, there's complications, there's bleeding, infection. With this type of procedure, your lung can collapse. It happens extremely rarely, one in thousand. In my all these years of doing it, I may have had it happen a couple of times in the entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. And um, so she, I did that procedure for her. Her vein was difficult to find. It took me a little longer. I, you know, told that to her husband. And um, and when we got an X-ray, everything looked fine. We usually get an X-ray to make sure the port is in the right position and the lung looks okay and everything did. And she went home. 
but I knew that procedure was difficult. I was worried about this lung collapsing. The medical term is called pneumothorax. For her Because it was difficult to find. To, okay. Yeah. Her, her vein was kind of much deeper. Okay. And so um, I was worried about it just a little bit back of my head, even though the x-ray was fine and everything. And it just so happened next day I text her hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? You know, because I've been thinking about her. She's like, I'm having a hard time breathing. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew exactly what that meant. Mm. Uh, a day after the procedure, if you're having a hard time breathing, then you worry about lung collapsing. So uh, so they said, mm. you need to go to the emergency room right now. So she went to the emergency room and I met her. And of course, the x-ray showed that the lung was collapsed and she was in severe pain. Oh my gosh. And of course, you don't, like I said, as a surgeon, we are such control freaks and we want everything to go perfectly. This was anything but perfect. And it was devastating for me in my own mind, mm. like... And also, for, I'm very sensitive to the fact I've had complications myself from my own surgery and had, you know, treatments and it, mm. it, it to suffer as a result of complications. I'm pretty sensitive to that. Mm. It was so hard to watch her in pain. But both her and her husband, Pastor uh, Doyle Jackson, were so kind, so gracious and so forgiving. And, you know, she had to get a chest tube in. And this was during COVID time. No one would let, you know, she could not have any visitors. It was just not a great time. But the way that she handled the situation, even till this day, I think about it. And I'm like, she gave me so much grace and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I was doing this on purpose. It's just as a result of the procedure, it can happen. Um, But every time I think of it, it gives me chills. Mm -hmm. It really does. And the way you guys handled the situation was just amazing. Mm -hmm. And even though I felt like crap on the inside, you know, you made me feel loved still. You're very Um, loved. (laughs) And so, I mean, I think of that, then it taught me that I should forgive others. Like, Mm. you know, so that's what that taught me. What a big lesson. That's a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, So, so those are some, I mean, that's an example of the different things I learned from different, and I just recently had a stage four patient, patient pass away. She has had stage four disease for the past one and a half year. I've just watched her because I, you know, I just become friends and mm-hmm. my patients become my family and, um, she, her, uh, her services next week, but I watched how she lived over the last year and a half and she lived beautifully. She made every moment count. She spent a lot of time with her family and mm-hmm. friends. She traveled, she yes. read, you know, like shit. And so my patients really teach me how to live my own life. Yeah. If I were to get stage four, I know exactly what I'm going to do. You know, she like kind of showed it to me hmm. what it feels like to have a quality of life. She had no regrets passing away. She knew when the time came. But I mean, just those lessons that I learn in a daily basis is so inspiring to me. And how special am I to be able to learn mm-hmm. those lessons watching my patients? Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such a gift for me. You know, one of the lessons I learned through the lung surgery was that once you do know what real pain feels like for me it gave me a whole new level of compassion oh, yeah. Yeah. for other people and the things that they go, f- yeah. go th- I thought I understood pain yeah. after that I felt it at a new level and so I was able to really have a whole new perspective on yeah. loving people yeah well but, I mean same thing with joy right if you don't go through suffering you're not going to understand joy yeah like if you've if never had any suffering you don't know what it feels like mm-hmm. to suffer so and I think through all of this and I've, I've said this before and I will always say it you're looking at this with a, a lesson and you're looking at this now with compassion. Again, a choice yes. to where someone else could be like, look what happened to me. Oh, yeah. Because you can stay in that right. rage, mm-hmm. anger, being upset, 
or you can say, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I will have more compassion for others who have went through a painful experience. And that was a choice. I think intentionality was the key word because yeah. there were many moments where I thought, okay, I'm just going to go to bed. I could just cry myself to sleep right now. Yeah. And I did do that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you haven't had your good cry, you need to go yeah. have yeah. your good cry <laughs> yeah. because you do have to acknowledge. But there are other yeah. times where I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And the other thing I'm not going to do is I can't wear out one particular person. I'm not going to wear out my husband with this or wear out a best friend with this. You, you have to put some limits in your life mm-hmm. and say, And that's where I think prayer is key. You can never wear out God with all the things that you Mm -hmm. want to talk about. But you need your safe people. Yeah. You need your safe people. And uh, then you can experience joy in the midst of that. Just try not to wear them out is one of my lessons I learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Pastor Jennifer, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Maybe just what's some closing encouragement you could Mm -hmm. give our listeners and our viewers on YouTube if they're going through a really tough time right now and having a hard time finding joy. You know, the psalm that comes to my mind is King David, where he said, when I am afraid, I put my trust in God. We're we're all you are maybe afraid or you are going to be afraid or have been afraid. It's okay. But let's put our trust in God because he is your strength. He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. He loves you so much. Don't underestimate that. And then just know that you are so valuable. You are so precious and so worth it and that you are moving forward. It may not feel like it today, but you Mm -hmm. are moving forward. You do have people that love you. You are not alone and that God is going to help you. He's going to be with you every single minute. And it may not always seem that way at the moment, but looking back, you will see that you're not alone. Very well said. Monica, that was such an amazing podcast uh, on joy. Joy is something it's really tough to find sometimes, but Jennifer had such great pearls. And I admire her. She has such a heart and compassion for women and for serving the society. And um, I'm just such a fangirl of Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was such an honor to be here with Pastor Jennifer and just to hear your story and, and just the little nuggets you could help some someone with and finding joy it's just even if it's taking one piece of this find it be intentional like you like jennifer mentioned and give back be of service to people how can you use what you've been through in a way to give back and to make this world a better place and that's it for today thanks for watching and listening bye bye